did your loved ones shower you with lavish gifts? Yeah, not so much. Another one. Hello, I'm Nipper Reed. And I'm Phil Wolf. So, settle down, have a nice cup of tea, and enjoy the Venomous Exchange Radio Podcast. Crumpets, Nipper. I want the crumpets. Well, as you've been such an extraordinarily good boy. Hello. Hello. Hi, Phil. It's lovely to talk to you again. Pleasure is all mine, as always. In the new year, 2024. Crazy. I know. It's just, oh, last year was so busy that we had all our trips and so much happened. Um, it's lovely to have a little bit of peace and get back on with you. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, How was your holidays? I worked. Well, you worked, I, worked, I, know. I worked all over the holidays. So uh, I actually had Christmas Day off, even though I was on call. Um, but apart from that, I worked. So it, it didn't really happen. But I've got some time off now. So uh, That's I'm good. Just... Did uh, did your loved ones shower you with lavish gifts? Yeah, not so much. <laughs> no, that's not that's unfair. I got a lovely pair of Lygodactylus from, nice. from Ali, which is good. Um yeah, I've got some nice books and stuff like that. Not hurt related. I'm also an Agatha Christie geek, so I've got some nice Ag- Agatha Christie stuff. Excellent, so, excellent. Yeah. You know, I I constantly because I, I check all the old antique book online stores and some of the used bookstores that are online. And I always check for Agatha Agatha Christie stuff and Canterbury Tales type stuff, but I yeah. don't know what you already have. I... So I'm gonna have to conspire with your your better half and okay. Well, no, and I, I can tell you if you can ever get it for me, and this is really non-reptile related. Um, if you can ever get it, I want the Penguin first edition of Murder on the Links. Okay. With the green cover, if you get that, I will perform an illegal acts. Excellent. Super hard to get. Well, I found. Uh, uh, I was. I don't know where I was scrolling, but I think I found like. First edition, first print of Canterbury Tales, as it was as it was rewritten in the modern English, like circa eighteen twelve or whatever. Really, and I think it was like thirty four thousand dollars, something something outlandish. I was like, well, he's not getting that for Christmas. I think I'm worth it. To be honest, I mean, you are worth it if I had the scratch, but yeah, fair uh, enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're talking of books. Yeah. Talking of books, talking you, of books, you got which is just absolute porn for you. You got the new. Have you got it with you? Oh, oh my days! In hand. That's a beautiful thing. The Thomas Dordner Puff Adder book. What a book! What a tomb! Yes, yes. Uh, Puff Adders: The Venomous Landmines of Africa by Thomas Dordner. Um, I won't lie. When I first got the book in hand and i flipped it open the center fold is the most gorgeous gaboon viper you've ever seen and i was like why is there a gaboon viper in the middle like this is a book on puff adders and then i flipped to another page and it was bitis atropos and then i flipped the page again and it was bitis caudalis and i was like wait a minute the europeans call them all oh, puff adders. Puff adders. Yeah. Which makes honestly i was excited for a book on puff adders meaning bitis aridatans but this is on all the bitters. Yeah. And it makes it that much cooler. 100%. It is yeah. a 
great book. Yeah, yeah, an awesome, awesome book. So if you get a chance, go online. It's uh, Thomas is a German individual who's a, a longtime herper and author. Uh, the book is exquisitely written in English. It is also in German if you're one of those people. Um, and I like this book because it really goes section by section in terms of the evolution of the British genus, its relationship with Atheris, and then it goes into actual taxonomy and how they came to group certain species into bitus as well as the evolution of the taxonomy of bitus uh it even shows there's a, a picture of uh carl Linnaeus, uh when he wrote uh natura Systema, i think it is i'm gonna butcher yeah. that when he wrote that uh he originally called it i think it was uh, Kaluber Atropos was the first fittest that he had. It was Kaluber Atropos, and it was put in. It was put that it was from the Americas, huh? and it, it was that just goes to show you how twisted things got when they yeah. shipped literally on boats, shipped specimens across the world. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend anyone who's into African vipers or the British genus to check it out. Pictures are amazing. It goes into captive husbandry, a little bit of breeding. And then tons of toxinology, uh, bite reports, uh, what did the different toxins do to the human system as well as prey. Uh, and it's just a great book. And, you know, me and African snakes. That's oh, mate, I, do it. I, I can't think of anything better for you to read. It must yeah. literally be snake porn for you. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. So, but yeah, definitely check that out. And, uh Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. So I thought we'd have a little, just a quick look at what went on in 2023 in terms of species and things like that. For sure. Um, and we had a lot of new venomous species pop up in 2023. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did. Um, I don't know if you remember, same as me, um, off the top of my head, we had the desert whip snake. Do you remember that one? That came in from Australia. It's got a weird Latin name. Uh, I think it's Demanzia Sion something or other, Sionocasma or something like that. Yes. Um, Sounds very Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, a beautiful looking snake. It looks just like an American racer, really. It's um, yeah. really slender with a little black head. And and that was a new, that was not a new description. That was a new, like they found that, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's brilliant that we are still finding relatively large snakes. Yeah. Um, you know, even with all the technology and, and all the uh, expeditions and stuff that's going on, and everybody in the world now has a mobile phone on them to take pictures, and we're yeah. still finding new stuff. I think that's brilliant. Really, really, really positive. Um, what else did we have? We had Microlapidae was created. Yes, it was. Which is... Um, which for you is is great because it's more, <laughs> more African dirt snakes. Yes, yes. <laughs> as if we didn't have enough. I know, um, right? <laughs> um, so that was a new family that was created, not just one snake. Um, yeah. uh, for those who haven't seen them, they're, they're little rear fanged uh, snakes. I think there's there's three members. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. If you remember, three members. Um, and we got what have we got? We got Coloratus, which is the Kenyan two-headed snake. We got uh, Valenti, I think, which is a desert black-headed snake. And there was another one, which I can't remember. 
Willerai, maybe something like that, possibly. Um, I think that one's from the Middle East. I think that's from Israel or something like that. But um, beautiful little rear fang stuff. Uh, again, great to see all this new stuff. The one I particularly liked, and I'm not even going to try and, well, I will have a try and say it, but I don't hold out much hope, is the Aowadi Pit Viper. Which one is that? A, it's Alpha Yankee, Echo Yankee, Alpha Romeo, Whiskey Alpha Delta Yankee, however you say that. Aowadi, Aowadi Pit Viper. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that was from Myanmar, to memory. Okay. Um, it, it looks a bit like um, Bamboo Pit Viper to me. It's that sort of little Trimrosaurus type thing. So that was, when did the paper come out? Late in 23, uh, November or December, I think that came out. Yeah. Towards the end of the year. So that's really cool. And then, although it's probably extinct, um, there was a new species of, uh, of Rincal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's already extinct, which is really sad, or potentially really already extinct. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to say that it's it's possibly extinct. Yeah, I mean, if we look at Crapani and things like that, they still yeah. pop up. You know, yeah, I mean, look, think people thought coelacanth were were extinct, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden some dude pulls up in a fishing net. Come on, exactly. Yeah. So, so this is a uh, uh, Hemacatus niangensis. I'm glad you said so, that. Yeah, and uh, this is the uh, smaller, more drab version of the rinkals that comes from Zimbabwe, uh, the Zimbabwe Mozambique border, on the southeastern portion of Zimbabwe. Um, the last one I think was what 1989 was the last time somebody photographed oh. one. Close, Phil. But Close. Nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Damn it! All right. So, but yeah, I also feel like this is a case of people not going where they're possibly found. You know, there's yeah. a lot of foothills over there. It's a border country. It's a border yeah. region with Mozambique, and there's not a lot of people crossing that border. And there's also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a game reserve that is on that border and the yeah. Mozambique government basically says if you're a human in there and you're not a, you're not a if you're two-legged you get shot if you're four-legged you get protected so yeah. a lot of people are hesitant to meander yeah. so hopefully someone can find them and yeah. prove that they're not extinct um yeah but they're super cool man i thought you'd like them yeah oh yeah so that yeah that, those are the ones i sort of remembered from uh last year i think that, that's really cool that we're still particularly like new pit vipers how good is that i know right and the, we've been finding so many of them and finding new ones and redescribing reclassifying other ones and yeah. some of them it, 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 i don't know about you man but some of them it's a long shot you know what i mean we're, yeah you're really getting the the, the nitpicking the, the nitty-gritty of the of the taxonomy but yeah the numbers show it so yeah i mean there were, there were there was quite a few more i mean i can't remember the those are the ones I could remember, but there were some Mexican pit vipers. Okay. New for 23, I'm sure. Was I it formerly Numifer? Could have been. I can't remember. It was a little gray um, pit viper from Mexico. That was new. Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember this off the top of my head. There was a few other bits and bobs. And then can you spell, well, I got the screen open. Can you spell that um, that funky named viper? Okay, Alpha Yankee, Echo Yankee. Yep. Alpha Romeo, 
whiskey alpha delta yankee i think okay so this is wow i have how would you say that so it's the southern southeastern region of myanmar yeah Ayawadi, 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 something like that. Yeah. Here, let's let's click Wikipedia see if it gives a uh, a way to say that. Oh yeah, there's no way to say that. <laughs> I'm gonna say Ayawadi. Yeah, that's um, good enough. Well, that's cool, man. So that's Trimrisurus Ayawadiensis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does fit the uh, it does uh, fit the narrative of those little green bastards. So yeah. Uh, and the common name is obviously the Ayawati Pit Piper. Right. Still cool, man. Still oh, very, so, very cool. Yeah, good to see. Very good to see. Now, part of the feedback, I, over um, just before Christmas, um, particularly after Mark O'Shea's uh, episode, I, a lot of people reached out and just said how much they were enjoying the show, which is very kind and very uh, grateful for that. Um, and one of the bits of feedback I got is, we don't give out common names. So I'm going to make an effort in 2024 to use the common name and the Latin name. Yeah. Uh, our good friend, Jeff Frederick, who uh, he's not, how do I phrase this? He did a very good thing by, by coming to myself, especially with our other show, snakes and stogies and saying, Hey, most of us know the majority of the scientific names you're using. If we say Atrox, typically mm -hmm. we know it's a Western Diamondback or or Bothrops or Fertilance, uh, yeah. what have you. But certain things like uh, I don't even know uh, Atheris runguensis. Not a lot of people know what that is. So, in an effort to do what you just said, I've been trying to remind myself and i i hear jeff in the background going don't forget the common name, don't the common <laughs> name. you know he's a great guy we love jeff and um and i feel like that's a really good thing because we could still use the correct terminology the correct name but we can also help educate in a non-condescending way and at least have an idea of what exactly we're talking about if that makes sense yeah, hundred percent. I think you know we should we should be using both. It's it, if you're just using common names, as I've said before on other podcasts, it it gets very confusing because the common names in Europe are often different to the common names in the US. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if, yeah, but if we've got a Latin and a common name, it's easy for people that don't have to be looking stuff up on Wikipedia all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Although good. sometimes I feel like that's half the fun. <laughs> of course, of course. So, talking of you know the end of the new year just a huge thank you to all the guests we had on in 2023 we had some amazing guests really 100%. really really grateful for them giving up their time um as i say a lot of people reached out really really grateful for all the really positive feedback um so yeah a huge thank you to everybody yes. going forward into 2024 new year's resolution reherping or keeping come on uh, I'll, put, I'll put you on the spot there wow that was it's like baptism by fire um focusing on what i have focusing on what i have focusing on trying to keep the best that i've ever kept and really dial in my husbandry so that breeding is a no-brainer i don't want to have to i don't have to work to to get pairings to go i want them to just do it naturally yeah um i also am going to legitimately upgrade animals that need upgrading and give them the most aesthetically pleasing enclosure that I can, i.e. Kate Puff Adders. 
um, <laughs> and not think so much about what I can get, but think about how can I maintain what I have. And I also feel like uh, I'm going to herp as much as humanly freaking possible. Like it's brisk right now. So I doubt there's anything out by me, but come the next two, three weeks, we're hitting the bricks, baby. Oh, that's awesome. Cause you got to finish your Florida list. Oh yeah. And that's, I talked to Anna Maria <clears throat> and the goal is to do some keys trips, even if it's just like for four or five hours in a night. Yeah. You know, just like leave straight from work at like, you know, I get to work at six, get in the car, drive down to the keys, do some, eye shining some headlamping some head torching and drive home and try to knock out one or two species a trip and get, awesome. get some good food have some cocktails drive home call it a day you know yeah that sounds brilliant that's gonna be um, the next phase talking to that have you seen that i can't remember if you've seen it or not what is that weird snake that only lives on one little part of the keys talking about the rim rock rim rock yeah yes, have you seen the, it? Have no you seen it? Right. No, and it's actually a very big deal. So there's, I think there's two or three different species of, of rim rock or crowned rim rock snakes. And uh, so for those of you who are listening, there is a famous zoo in Miami called Zoo Miami. Uh, that zoo is a very, very large zoo to the point where you almost need like a golf cart to really do it correctly. Um, a lot of people will actually, they have like trams that take you from place All to right. place. Well, when they bought the property for the zoo decades ago they bought the neighboring property and land in the hopes to make more parking lots or expand it or what have you so i guess i want to say in the early to mid 90s they really bulldozed a bunch of land to make parking lots in an anticipation of having hundreds of thousands of people there well that's just not the case they have more parking lot than they'll ever need for that size of a zoo but they kept the natural area behind it that actually butts up to, I believe it's federal government land that's owned by the Coast Guard or somebody. Well, that is a pr protected rim rock habitat, okay. but it's not protected by law. It's protected because it's owned by the zoo. It's just their land. So they put a fence up and say, hey, no trespassing, blah, blah, blah. Well, several corporations and organizations got together to basically lease that land bulldoze that habitat and make a water amusement park you know like uh, water slides and yeah. log flumes and that kind of crap and they're going to call it miami wilds which is hilarious because they're going to bulldoze the last <laughs> bit of of miami wild habitat to do so so there are several uh, uh uh internet and 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 instagram youtube influencers that spoke up and they actually put a stop to it Oh, so that habitat is going to be preserved in some facet because I think they said there's like 40 or 50 species endemic to that wow. area and like 14 or 15 of them are endangered. Wow. So That's and uh, those rim rock snakes are one of them. So oh, you need to check that as soon as possible. I know, I know. And I have some friends that are down there in that neck of the woods and they have seen some, some of those species. So that's again, part of the next phase. I'm, I'm going to try and, do as much in the peninsula southern peninsula florida as possible and then just slowly work my way up that's so. great yeah. as i as a very very old herper uh, my advice is go for the rarest first and the rest you'll pick up on the way so yeah oh that sounds brilliant it's not too dissimilar to what i uh envisage for 2024 
Um, I've already started. I'm doing a complete overhaul of the snake building. That's already been started at last. Excellent, uh, excellent. It's, it's taken a while, but that's already been started now. Um, I'm drastically thin in the collection, um, just getting rid of all the big snakes um, and yeah, just getting into the little colubrids, really, and stuff like that. Which Are is you going to cool. get rid of the Jamaicans? Oh God, no, 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 okay, no, okay, no, okay. no, no. I don't. They're not big. No, but yeah. I know you were very frustrated with them this year. So yeah, I, yeah, that was that was difficult. I, I might get rid of some of them. I don't need as many as I have, but I will have keep a breeding group. It's it's just an, an itch that's got to be scratched. I, I came so close to breeding them last year. You know, just, yeah. You know, uh, and I never asked you. You you did. You wound up keeping the the melanota, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, here, there we go again. Look, melanota. Um, Cat-eyed mangrove snakes, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I've got um, I've got some rear fang stuff. Yeah, I've got okay. rear fang stuff. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was looking at Renard's vipers today for sale. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, we won't dwell on that. Um, but, yeah, for me, I, I'm going to really – I know I go out herping a lot, but I'm going to really focus on it. Um, both US and European herping, I've got a lot of stuff planned already. But um, literally every spare moment will be out hoping. I have a new camera. I have new lenses. Oh, look at so, you! I know. So uh, I'm I'm really stoked for that. Um, yeah, uh, probably going to do first trip. Won't probably be till April now. Um, I was going to go to the Canary Islands, but it looks like I won't have the time to do that. So my first trip will probably be uh, Bulgaria and Evros Delta in Greece for the Ottoman Viper. Hell yeah. Um, which I've seen. It's uh, Europe's biggest snake. Uh, sorry, Europe's biggest venomous snake, um, which I've already seen, but I'd like to get some more photographs of it. And chums I'm going with haven't seen it. Uh, and then the obviously my nemesis, the blotch snake, I need to tick that. Yep. Then just concentrate on the US. Um, I've got a trip back to Utah to try and get the rattlesnakes that we miss, the hoppy and abyssus and stuff like that. And then um, hopefully some other US stuff later in the year. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I've got a lot of European trips planned. Uh, like, Excellent. Like long weekend trips and stuff like that. So that should be good. Hell yeah. That is the plan. Smaller collection, same as you, smaller collection, better maintained in terms of light and heat and, you know, the, the very best we can do. Yeah. Um, and more time to hurt. Yeah. I, think I also, I also feel like I'm at a point now where I have animals that are grow up, so they're out of the out of the drawers, out of the racks, out of the tubs, and into smaller vivs at just the right time. Because if I play my cards right, I may have a lot of babies this year that I need to set up. So <laughs> yeah. that's something that a lot of people don't consider. And yeah, when you've got animals like I do that give live birth, who Nelly? Exactly. Uh, I was just saying, you have got so much, such a lovely collection that I think we're all at fault of almost chasing the next thing and chasing the next thing and chasing the next thing. Oh yeah, and not appreciating what we've got. Thousand percent. You know, your yep. your rattlesnakes are stunning. Your puff adders are stunning. You don't need anything else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and last night I go in the room to get something. I don't even know uh, uh, bottles of water or something because I keep cases of water for the fish tank and i saw your favorite snake out exploring the albino transpecos rat snake yeah i was hoping you got but that's the first time since i acquired the animal this past august that i have seen it out exploring oh that's good so that's a that's an observation right there 
Yeah, that's really cool. But no, you know, we don't need massive collections. We need decent collections. Yes. And I think, you know, when you've curated a nice collection, you don't need to consistently keep adding to it. It's just... Yeah. And we're, and, and we're always going to have stuff that we want. You know, yeah. I mean, we're always going to have opportunities to strike when the iron's hot and rare species or species that we forgot about or species that meet we miss but i don't have a laundry list of desired acquisitions for this year if that makes sense yeah i, I mean exactly the same with yeah. the exception of a few geckos all i should probably be buying maybe run flappers. all i should be <laughs> buying this year will be um animals to make up pairs or trios yeah. of what i've already got that'll be excellent it. excellent Yes. So now for tonight, um, I've had a couple of requests from two different people asking for the same thing. And that is, can we have a discussion about some European venomous stuff? It would be a treat. I would so, love to do that. Um, I thought I'd just run through uh, for, for people what venomous snakes we have in Europe and just a brief sort of overview of all of them. Yes, and I'm actually eager to hear this from you because you being someone that has not only seen and photographed every single one. Every single one. But you have every single one from multiple localities because I feel like when you get into the Alps and you get into the south of Spain, you have lots of regional variability in phenotypes and a lot of people, dare I even say subspecies in some cases, and some people get confused. Yeah. And I'd really like to expand on some of that stuff, especially okay. the Austrian stuff. I love that. Well, bear with me. Yeah, of course. Let's start from I'm, the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and do this from memory. Okay. Yeah, rock and roll, baby. So, and I also thought I'd try and do it. And this is not scientific. This is just my humble opinion. I'm going to try sure. and do it in order of potential dangerousness, if that's. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to start with something, um, and it's a rear fang. Um, it's Telescopus phallax, the European cat snake. Hell yeah. Such a cool little species. I've been really, really lucky to see a number of the subspecies around Europe, um, and there's some real hotspots for it. Um, Malta springs to mind. Um, Crete. Um, which is uh, Telescopus pallidus, I think, um, which might get split, but just a really, really beautiful little snake. For anybody that hasn't seen one, if you think of Boiga, it's kind of the European Boiga. So it's a typical sort of Boiga stroke Telescopus uh, shape, really, really gracile, long and thin snake with quite a distinct head, but the, the, the prominent feature are the eyes, and uh, you know, hence the name. They've got the vertical pupils like a cat. Um, absolute lizard feeders don't feed on anything else. Um, pretty much totally nocturnal. Make really, really good, in my humble opinion, make really, really good captives. Um, just, yeah, it's just a fabulous little snake. They don't get very big. I think, to memory, I think the biggest, I'm trying to do this in feet, uh probably one and a half to two feet maximum um and you know weighing grams a really really long thin snake very very arboreal um sort of dark head with a really light gray body with some uh some flecks that might form bands uh on certain 
individuals. Normally see them, as I say, out at night. And I've seen them in really, really low temperatures out hunting. I'm talking like 14, 15 degrees. Wow. Not, what, not what you'd expect, you know, for, for, for a snake to be out hunting. Um, normally hanging around on dry stone walls, uh, old farm buildings, that sort of thing. Just hunting geckos around lights, really. Um, but I'd recommend if, if you can get them, I don't know if they're available in the, in the States. Um, well, are. Most of the telescopes that are in the, in the, the U S are, uh, captive bred African localities and maybe even some North, North African and Southern su sub-Saharan species. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got, if you got the, um, I think they go Israel, Egypt type way. If you've got the black headed, right. black headed cat snake, um no because if we did i would have it okay i could say they're very very similar um, yes, yes. very very similar slightly bigger but very very similar looking um but yeah um as far as the bite um being dangerous for people unless you have a, a particularly sensitive reaction to venom um it, it's, it's it's harmless towards people i mean it's rear fang the venom yield is is quite small the snake itself is quite small um but yeah, great species. Look out for it. If you, if you can get yourself some, I would heartily recommend them. Very, very easy to keep as long as you can feed a gecko diet. And, um, and I keep obtusus, the Egyptians, and yeah. I got them on pinkies. Okay. And I will say this. They grow very, very slowly. So if you're yeah. not looking for a species that's going to rapidly get large and eat you out of house and home, that's the one for you. Yeah, as I say, great little snakes. Um, hardly recommend them. Now, kind of the polar opposite of that, the next one up, we've got the Montpellier snake. Now, this yes. is an absolute beast of snake. Um, I'm trying to think for people that haven't seen one. It kind of reminds me of a cobra, like a king cobra in body structure. Um, it's got very, very heavily hooded, raised eyebrows for want of a better word it's got yeah, a real I, I feel like the best way to compare it to something that in the united states that the american listeners would associate imagine a coach whip or a racer with extremely pronounced eyebrow ridges yeah and then right. having that bigger thicker cobra body yeah so we're talking that um there's two species of um well, these these are malpolons so there's there's two species of malpolons there's um the western and the eastern they both can get to about six feet it's a it's quite a hefty hefty snake um and yeah they're muscular um i'm trying to think they're probably like an indigo snake in terms of build yeah for a better word um and they are quite aggressive generalistic feeders they will eat rats mice birds big lizards anything yeah um kind of split the westerns and the easterns so you've got uh westerns is kind of spain and portugal uh and the kind of tip of um southern france and then you've got the easterns which are the balkans or like bulgaria romania that sort of area uh, into Greece and then into the Middle East. Um, and the Italian peninsula is devoid completely of the genera? 
Yeah, it doesn't happen. Wild, man. Yeah, they're, they're quite quite split. Yeah. If you want to a better word. Um, the Eastern one, I think that's, well, I can't remember the name of it. Malpolon. Insignitus. It, okay. Yeah? And then the Western is Malpolon, Malpolon? Uh, Western is, uh, oh, God, my brain has gone dead. Uh, do you, come me, back to do you want me to grab Philippi's book? I think it's Mon Monsmacanus or something. I can't remember for the yeah. shame of it. Um, you can find it, Wikipedia it. Um, so the, the Western form tends to be like a khaki olive green. Um, sometimes uh, the sort of distinguishing character between the two is the Western form seems to have like a, a, a mid dorsal saddle of darker scales about a third down the body. Uh, it's a good identifier. Um, whereas the Eastern form, uh, the insignatus um, tends to be more um, tannish, even with red tipping to the scales. I mean, some of the ones that I've seen uh, in the Middle East, absolutely stunning, stunning snakes. Um, difficult to keep in captivity. It's kind of like keeping one of the American racers. You're going to need an awful lot of room uh, in my experience. And I have kept the um, Eastern form. They don't, wild caught do not adapt well to captivity much like your racers and, um, and whip snakes um i've not seen captive bred ones for sale to be perfectly honest or they're very rare for sale i'm sure they'll do better but you will need an awful you looking at a, as i say a six foot snake that's incredibly active um, yeah. so more, more so active than indigos yeah 100 yeah. um, I, uh, I looked it up too. the so the western is malpolon Mons Pesulonus. Mons Pesulor. There you go. Beautiful. Leon, Leonus. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's like, that's beautiful. That's yeah. like the Leon, Leonus himself. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't, as I say, if you've got the facilities to keep them, that would be amazing. But, you, 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 you know, I would imagine it would be like keeping one of the bigger cobras yeah. you're going to need a lot of space for it and it's quite a all the ones and i have caught quite a few um in spain and greece both forms um they are so aggressive they're so skittish um that they try and bite immediately that you grab them now um, have you ever actually been bit i haven't i have a friend um bobby one of the um herping glitterati of europe uh first bloke in uh first uh dutch guy to see everything he's actually seen everything in europe um uh i was with him when he got chewed on by a, a very large uh malpolon um at swelling tingling but no real side effects however they are on and off we have a as i said before we have a dwa list in the uk and if an animal's on the DWA list, you have to have a license for it. And they regularly, or they've been on and off the DWA list, depending on who's making the decision. So it, yeah. it, it's a large snake. Um, although it's rear fanged, it is a large venomous snake, you know, akin to an adult false water cobra. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's quite a significant bite. But uh, beautiful snakes, if you get a chance to, to, to see them in the wild, it, it's, it's, it's a great thing.
Um, you can hear them coming from miles away. They smash through the undergrowth, <laughs> ch ch chasing after big lizards, uh, and they hiss like when you're trying to, you know, if you if you catch one under a bush or something like that, and you're trying to pull it out. They, you know, they're puffing themselves up. They're hissing. They're really aggressive. It's it's a it's a it's one of Europe's biggest snakes, um, and it, yeah, it's a, it's a sight to behold. Really, really cool. Excellent. Um, so those are the kind of rear fangs. We have got other smaller rear fangs. We've got macroprotodons and stuff like that, but they're really tiny. Um, so the next one on the list that I'm going to go for is a Cenis Viper. Now, a Cenis Viper is a thing of beauty. Um, heavily protected. They're found um, in France, Italy, Romania. Uh, where else? France, Italy, Romania maybe luxembourg but not switzerland no no uh, no neither of those two okay it's, it's got quite a, a separated distribution hungary i think okay. um yeah romania so yeah tiny 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 little viper you're talking maximum size probably probably less than 20 inches Wow. Um, really, really thin, typical European viper with the arrow-shaped head. It's it's like somebody took a, a big venomous snake and just shrunk it down. Super cute. Um, different patterns often have a barred pattern, but can have um, just longitudinal stripes in certain areas. Now, it's one of these snakes. It's a bit like the pygmy rattler. The venom is quite potent but the yield is absolutely minute. Yeah. So it's to, for a human being, it, it's not a dangerous snake unless you have an allergy to venom. Yeah. Um, if it was scaled up to the size of a blunt nose viper or something like that, it would be a proper handful. Yeah. Right? These are tiny, tiny little snakes. Um, interestingly, there, there seems to be variation in habitat. Like the, the French ones are really montane. They're very high altitude. Um, emerge you know only for a short part of the year because they're well you know they're above the, the tree line or the on um, on a lot of the classic french uh, skiing areas where you know there's juniper bushes in the summer but in the winter totally covered with snow yeah um so they have a quite a short um activity period and then conversely if you look at the stuff in hungary and uh, romania they're grassland species, lowland grassland species, wow. um, and they get they have a much longer time on the ground. Um, they're they're readily available, even though they're so heavily protected with CITES papers. You can get them; they're not cheap. Um, you can get them. There's quite a few um, regular breeders of them in Europe. Um, stunning little things. I'm not sure they've made their way into the states, yeah, but if them. if you're looking for a typical European viper that you know stones really really small they're ideal I would say though they the um, highland versions are very very sensitive I wouldn't recommend keeping a highland form but the lowland species the grassland species are hard as nails uh, and the fabulous thing about them is they're insect feeders Wow so um you know mostly alpine grasshoppers and things like that i mean they, they will take small mammals if they can overpower them but you're talking like the head is smaller than your thumbnail wow. um 
so yeah predominantly a grasshopper feeder that sort of thing super cute um, that's awesome yeah really 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 cool species so yeah they're, they're, I would, i'd recommend those um now there was a a senior viper which has recently been split and given full species status and that's the greek meadow viper one of the hardest snakes i've seen in the wild to find it was an absolute mission um fabulous looking snake um high altitude snake again uh, in the in the mountains in greece um it, it's found on the, uh, in a few mountain ranges in greece um absolutely stunning very very similar to a senior viper potentially slightly bigger but another one that's feeding on very small lizards and insects don't really find themselves in the pet trade at the moment um and again quite sensitive in terms of it will need big temperature drops so not really one um, i would say to keep um venom of the greek meadow viper very very similar um to a senior's viper although it's a slightly bigger snake so it, it's got a slightly bigger venom yield but it, yeah negligible um danger to humans if you don't have an allergy to, to venom at all so moving up we have renard's viper beautiful snake um it's found yeah. found in the sort of tip of europe and then through into uh, russia the eastern block that sort of area <coughs> excuse me um looks very very similar to a singer's viper but much much bigger i mean this 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 snake can get to about uh, three feet um typical european viper with the angular head and with the zigzag pattern um again can be con color um can be melanistic um but commonly has the typical gray background with a, a dark the zigzag stripe all the way down uh venom wise again you're looking at something that is a very very small mammal feeder and insect feeder the venom is not particularly virulent um, and they i've kept over the years i've kept so many renard's vipers i think they're fabulous um and correct me if i'm wrong but renardi is like the price eye of europe right there are like eight thousand feet eighty two hundred feet something like that uh, no, not necessarily. Excuse okay. me. <clears throat> um, I think you're thinking of Ursini. Ursini would fit the um, parallel of Priceye exactly. Okay. Um, same habitat, talus slopes with juniper bushes, or you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, Renardi um, is a meadow viper, so yeah, it can be high altitude meadows. But you know, if you look at the Danube, they're on islands in the Danube and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite a there's quite a lot of forms um there's probably species within the, the species uh, because of the range of habitats that it so it's it, more sound of music than cliffhanger i like that yes yeah. very much so yes very <laughs> much so both two of my favorite films both make me cry i'm not even going to explain that nice, um nice. yeah so uh yeah, Renard's vipers as as a, a captive viper i think you cannot go wrong with them um, cool really day active not aggressive bold in the terrarium hardy as anything you've got to hit it with a hammer to kill it really we'll feed on insects we'll feed on you know pinkies and stuff like that really really great captives that's good uh, man yeah recommend them 
they're the U.S. opportunity. There's a handful, but I don't think anyone's breeding them. I think they're just importing them from Europe and keeping them captive. Okay. Um, yeah, as I say, over the years, I've, I've kept quite a few. I think it's, it's one of my favorite venomous snakes to keep. Just yeah, very cool. So so typical of, of European vipers. And then, so after that, if we're going up in terms of potential harm, we've got Latast's viper. Latast viper is probably my favorite venomous snake in Europe. Uh, just amazing. I know everybody in the States loves Amadites, but if you imagine somebody took an adult Amadites and then shrunk it right down, you've got Latas Viper. It's beautiful. It's a Iberian Viper, so it's, it's Spain and Portugal, a uh, little bit of Gibraltar, and then across into uh, North Africa. So you've got some in you've got different populations in Algeria um, and Morocco. Uh, Morocco and Libya, yeah. yeah. Um, just such a great-looking snake. You're looking at a snake that's probably about, uh, what's 50 centimetres? Very, very small snake. Uh, oh, probably fully grown at about two feet. Yeah. Um, but really quite a, quite a plump, typical European viper, so short and stocky. But the best thing about this is it's got a horn on its nose um they are angry as anything they <laughs> they blow themselves up they strike and hiss um just fabulous lots of different color forms but normally a light base color like an ash gray with a almost orange zigzag stripe down the back very cool oh they're just great. i mean i've had three of the now five um subspecies i've kept I absolutely love them. You've got um, Latas Latas, uh, which is kind of the Pyrenees, which is the mountain range that runs between uh, Spain and France. So you've got Latas Latas, which is kind of uh, along that sort of area and sort of what we call the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, you've got Latas Gaditana, which is kind of the bulk of southern Spain and Portugal. Uh, you've got the newly described subspecies Arandana, which is kind of like the bottom of Spain and Portugal. And then uh, you've got Monticola, which is the North African stuff. They're all really, really fun to keep. Um, certainly, in my humble opinion, much more fun to keep than Amadites. Amadites are kind of like fat slugs. They just sit there, you feed them, they'll eat, they'll just sit there again for another three weeks. Um, Latast, active, always out basking, but it's such a small venom snake, which is so striking, no pun intended, so striking looking. Really cannot rate them enough. If you can get hold of them, I would. Venom-wise, um, yeah, slightly more dangerous than... Um, the previous ones again not medically significant unless you have an allergy but the, you know it's not a great day out to get bitten you are going to have um systematic you're, you know you're going to get the nausea and um swelling but not life-threatening really really cool snakes and then moving up from them we get to some bigger stuff now um what should we do next? It's a, it's a toss-up. I'm going to say uh, 
Viper Berus next, the the European adder, which is you know such an iconic snake. Definitive. Uh, definitive snake. I mean, pretty much everybody knows what an adder looks like. Uh, it's my probably my most photographed species. Um, and I never get, I mean, I've been photographing adders for longer than most people have been alive. And I'm still not bored with it. They're just phenomenal. I've got colonies that I, you know, around where I live, where I know I can just go and I can see them there. You know, I can almost see them growing up. It's really, really uh, cool. Variations, normally the males are normally uh, a grey with a, a dark black zigzag, very triangular head. Females tend to be sort of a brick red with a darker um, zigzag. Um, but there's melanistic ones. There's even blue ones. I've managed to photograph a blue one, which yeah. is really nice. Um, occasionally you'll get, um, instead of zigzags, you'll get a straight stripe, which has come out. Now, you guys have melanistics in the British Isles, but the blue ones is norway or sweden uh norway and sweden the blue ones are more common okay but i have photographed blue ones in the uk excellent excellent um melanistic ones there's a there's a colony near where i live where they're they're, they're not common but they're, they're there they're there i mean i yeah. photographed probably uh five different individuals that oh, are wow. melanistic, so very um, cool. yeah there's um two subspecies in Europe. So we've got Viperberus berus and Viperberus bosniensis. Personally, and I'm not academic, I think they should be different species. Having seen them, looking at the habitat types, looking at the venom, yeah. all completely different. So you've got berus berus, which is the common adder, which is the snake, the venomous snake with the largest distribution in the world. It's the snake of any snake, it's got the most northerly distribution of any snake in the world. Um, Venom-wise, people have died from berus bites, but it's not common. But there have, you know, it, it is something that um, has has called caused fatalities. Incidentally, the venom from berus, for some reason, is very very potent towards dogs, mammals, that sort of thing. Dogs. Do not do well with a berus bite. Really? Um, yeah, um, we do. We lose a lot of dogs in the UK to berus wow. bites. Um, uh, found throughout the UK um, and found a lot of the countries in Europe. Not all. Not all the countries in Europe. It, it goes slightly into Spain, but you know, when you're looking at um, Belgium and France and Holland, uh, Slovenia, that sort okay. of area, they're right right across there. Uh, Berus bosnia, uh, Berus, Vipera Berus bosniensis um, is a more montane species, and that's more Greece, Macedonia, um, maybe Bulgaria. I think Bulgaria. Not okay. sure. Um, and it, to my mind, it's a completely different looking snake, but yeah. I'm no expert. Um, still a grey snake with a zigzag, but the body proportions are different. The head structure is different, in my humble opinion. The venom is completely different. The venom's a different colour, and it's a different, a different makeup, which is which is weird. Um, and the venom is more toxic in Berus bosniensis. There is another Berus subspecies from Asia, where where Berus goes into Asia. I think it's called Seychellensis or something like that. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, just an iconic snake. I mean, you've all seen the photographs of them out sunbathing on yeah. on snow drifts and stuff oh, yeah. like that. You know, um, just yeah, beautiful. Unfortunately, do not, in my humble opinion, do well as captives. Really? Um, yeah, they. Um, I think that in Germany and stuff like that, I think they've had more success. But I don't know many people that you never see captive bred babies for sale. Mm. Um, the only time they do well is being kept in large outdoor enclosures. Um, I think people have a lot more success with an outdoor enclosure. It's quite a sensitive snake. It doesn't do well in the terrarium. Yeah. Um, my friend Mark's bred them. He's, he's had success, but again, very large outdoor enclosure. Um, if you can get hold of them and keep them outside, as long as your temperatures are similar to European temperatures where you are, I, th I think that's that's probably the way forward. But an absolutely iconic snake. Okay. One of my favourites. Um, moving up from that, we have a stunning snake, and I would encourage everybody to Google the absolute variation in, in Vipera sawani, so sawan's viper, um, which is a, uh, another Iberian snake, another Spanish snake, um, very, very similar to the uh, European adder in looks. Um, two subspecies for that. Um, get it, uh, no, uh, Sawani, Sawani, and Sawani Cantabrica. Uh, interestingly, the Cantabrica ones, which are from the Castile and Lyon mountain ranges, the venom is very, very potent in those, much more potent than the nominate uh, species. Interesting. But yeah, another um, species like the European adder favours sort of south-facing hillsides with blackberry. Would you get blackberry bushes in the US? Yeah, we do. Yeah, like uh, blackberry bushes, juniper and stuff like that. Often mm -hmm. found basking at the bottom of the bushes. Um, uh, so yeah, in Spain, it kind of replaces the European adder. Yeah, um, but the, the venom, particularly the Cantabrica, is is slightly more toxic than the European adder. Very cool. Yeah, again, there's been fatalities from those. Not common, but in the past, there has been fatalities from them. And it, it's the I always butcher the name Sawani. Sawan yeah, that has the vertebral stripe where it's basically the zigzags have combined to make a vertebral stripe. Yeah, the, it, again, I, I would ask you just Google the variation. Yeah, you can get con color, you can get stripes. I've seen uh, gold spots, um, gold spots with blue. Mm -hmm. it, it's just incredible. Um, melanistic, there is it, it's just probably the most variable venomous snake for the different phenotypes that I can, I can think of. Yeah, really, really fabulous um so moving up from that then we're going to go to the asp viper uh vipera aspis they're quite common in collections in the us is that correct not anymore now, no? now it's yeah the the i would say the majority of european vipers in captivity in the united states is almost always amadites or a form of amadites or a hybrid of amadites Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. Well, yeah. um, 
Vipera aspis is a stunning viper. Um, yeah. Slightly bigger than the European adder, so we're probably looking at maximum size, getting on for three feet, something like that. Um, a few subspecies. Um, and to my eternal shame, Phil, there is a subspecies I haven't seen. Really? I know. Uh, it's a, I will get around to it. Um, so there's aspis aspis, the dominant right. one. Uh, there's Aspis Atra. They're both sort of um, Switzerland, that sort of area. Um, Atra, Atra is quite a montane. They tend to be more of a melanistic um, colour form. Not always, but tend to be more of a melanistic. Okay. Um, and then you've got Hugii, okay. which is uh, kind of Italy, Sicily sort of area. Um, you've got Zinakiri. Uh, which I've seen, but I haven't seen. There is one I can't remember which. It's in a France, uh, Francis Kiard, Q... uh, Francis Kiriridi, or something. Yes, yes. I haven't seen that. To my shame, it's on the list. I will get there. Um, beautiful snakes do really, really well in a terrarium. Um, really, really hardy. A lot of European keepers keep them outside, but they, they do okay in the terrarium. Lots of colour variations, and I, I'm going to have to say it, lots of morphs as well at the moment. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, they look great, I can't lie. I mean, they have there's some hypos and stuff like that. They look really, really cool. Um, not my thing, but I, I do, I, I can't say that they don't look. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the copperhead of Europe, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I've not kept them myself. I know lots of people that do keep them. Uh, really, really hardy captives. You know, um, if you can get hold of them, particularly the melanistic ones, look amazing. You know, jet nice. black snake with heavy scalation. And, yeah, very, very cool. Um, quite potent venom. You wouldn't want to get bit by one. We're moving up the scale now. Um, yeah. th there has been fatalities from them. Again, as we move forward with you know European medicine, there hasn't been fatalities for years, but they you know they're on record as having caused fatalities. Yeah, it's not something you want to just shake off. Yeah, it's 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 not a great day if you get bit a bit like that. Um, and then moving on from them, we get into the stuff that is quite dangerous now. Yeah, um, yeah. So we get into. Oh, there's just one I wanted to mention. Going back to uh, Vipira berus, we have a canebrake-like subspecies. Uh, Vipira Nikolsky. Is it a species? Is it a thing? What is uh, it called? I've never heard of this. Vipira Nikolsky. Nikolsky? Yeah, Google it. All right, hold on. Let me Google this because I've never it, heard of this. Hang on. You know, it's kind of a um, Eastern Blocky type. Um, some people say it's just a Viperiberus uh, phenotype that's always yeah. This is very much a canebrake scenario. Yeah, other people swear <clears throat> it, it's a different animal. I'm yeah. To me, I think it's probably just a color form of Berus or something. Yeah, like I mean, it is interesting because uh, the pictures I'm looking at, the majority of them are melanistic. They tend to and, be melanistic. And almost yeah. completely patternless melanistic. Yeah. Um, but I am noticing that 
almost every single one of them has a different colored tail. And I didn't know if that was an indicator of the other melanistic burrows that are around. I'm, uh, I'm, you know what? I've, I've never, I shall be looking out for that now. Yeah. I've never noticed that. Because uh, I, I thought that mel- at least, you know, Western Europe melanistic burrows, I thought they had all black. Yeah. But I don't know if that's a, a big enough trait or if that's just yeah. something that I've never, you know, paid yeah. attention to. So, yeah. but yeah, I, it's very much a cane break timber yeah. scenario. Yeah. yeah. I, I have kept them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, they didn't do great. They, they're not an indoor snake. If you look where they come from, they 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 have massive temperature ranges. Um, they're sort of an alpine meadow type snake. Right. Um, lots of snow. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I don't know. cool looking. It's a lovely looking snake. To me, I think it's just... It's probably just, looks just like a, a barrows. <laughs> it just looks like a barrows to me, but yeah. there they are. What do I know? Um, so moving on from that, um, we'll look at the one that most people know as a European viper, which is Amadites. Yeah. Um, you know, again, in Europe, probably as apart from the UK, but in Europe, probably the venomous snake I photograph most. Um Again, Phil, and you're going to hate me for this. There is one subspecies I haven't seen. Really? But it's no longer considered a subspecies. Okay, well, what was it? That's uh, Gregor Warneri. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the one that everyone wants to see. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the Austrian. coolest name. Yeah. yeah, they're the Austrian ones. Yeah. It's now just synonymous with Amadeus Amadeus. But I still Which, want to see why it. Why did they get rid of the Gregor Warneri? It's no danger. It doesn't look any different. Like I, I don't know. Um, you'd have to ask Mark. He'll okay. know what. He'll know yeah. what. Um, he'll give me the reason why he changed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. I yeah. still, I still want to see it because, to me, you know, growing up and when I first started, it was the one to see. Yeah. Well, um, and I feel like uh, so many of people my age group, like I'd say, right now, twenty-five to forty-five years old they all got terralog books right and one of the first terralog books out was the venomous snakes of europe and there's a greg waller and i in that book from austria that's bone white with a red tail and a red face and it's just like you could tell it's cold like in the photo like you just know it's fucking cold in that photo and that's like that's what i want to see in europe you know and i feel like because of that one photo in that one book so many people fell in love with that name. Completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I have that book. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's falling apart where it gets looked at so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's from Austria, you know, Austrian Alps type snake. Do want to go and see it, but it's not a thing anymore. But, you know, when I finish the list, I can then go and do all these little anomalies. So, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Uh, so we've also got Amadites Amadites, which is the nominate form, you know, sort of um, Albania, Romania, that kind of area. Um, incidentally, that is the closest I've come to taking a bite outside was Amadites Amadites. That was in uh, Macedonia. Not okay. great. Not great. Uh, just my stupidity. Won't go into that. Um, they get quite big, you know. You, you've seen them, um, yeah. 
the colours of some of them. I mean, some of the localities, um, you know, you're looking at a snake that's two and a half, three feet. Very, very chunky snake for anyone that hasn't seen one. But the classic, it's got the rhino nose, it's got the horn. Everything. Yeah, that's what makes it stand out. Um, normally, a kind of ash grey with a brown zigzag stripe all the way down. However, certain localities, you've got Lake Skaturi, uh, which tend to be high yellow, like a yellow base colour with a brown stripe. Uh, and also, if I may chime in, anyone who's in the American market, that name, Lake Skaturi, gets thrown around a lot with Vipera species or even Vipera amidites, amidites. Yeah. And you'll see a keeper or breeder or whomever who will be marketing their animal as Lake Scutori. And you can tell it's, it, it's not. It's really no. not. It's just no. a very light-colored one or a sandy-colored one. It's it's not the same animal. Yeah. So you'll buy or beware if you're shopping for those. Specimens. Yeah. I mean, I've been to, I've been to Lake Scuturi a couple of times. Uh, beautiful. Um, some really nice, not endemic, but it's got some really nice populations and quite specialized lizards, and you've got the amadites there. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, when you say lake, it is big. It's, yeah. it's it's a massive water area. It's, it's like a natural border between two countries in some places. Um, but you can tell, as you said, you can tell what is a proper right. lake scuturi uh, animal. Um, it, they are really, really yellow. Um, the other one, which is really great to get if you can, I don't know if they're in the States, but um, I've seen them uh, again in the wild. You've got Adder Island. And Adder Island, um, it's almost like a dwarf form. Yeah. Um, they get really, really small, um, but they're really nice red colour. So like, almost like a brick red with a dark uh, stripe down the back. Mm -hmm. Very, very sought after. Um, and you see a lot of stuff advertised as Adder Island, which is A-D-A, um, not A-D-D-E-R. Yes, not Adder, Adder. Yeah, Adder Island, um, which is a really, really weird place, Adder Island. When um, that part of the world was all Eastern Bloc Russia, um, Adder Island was a, when you got your two weeks leave from the factory, you all went on holiday to Adder Island. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just miles and miles of Eastern Bloc built chalets. Nice. And, and now there, there is no Eastern Bloc. No one goes there. And it's, really? all, it's all in decay. So it's just miles and miles of these dilapidated buildings wow. which is great for herpers because there's roof tins and mattresses and all sorts of stuff um uh, and it's got it, it's it's got a lot of waterways through it and the um the adder island amadites kind of bask near the water and you go near and they're straight in the water and away oh. very very aquatic for a non-aquatic snake yeah that makes sense um but yeah Amadites, uh, we've got, uh, what's the other subspecies? Meridionalis is the ones from like Bulgaria and that sort of area. Um, absolutely beautiful. Again, quite light brown, brown stripe, often have a yellow tip to their tail, which they kind of called a lure with sometimes. Um, you see those for sale quite a lot. Super easy to keep in captivity. You again, another snake. You've got to hit with a hammer to kill it. You know they thrive on neglect. Um, don't you know? Don't overfeed them. In the wild, they're mostly lizard feeders. So um, 
they will take mammals, but the, the bulk of their diet in the wild is lizards. So if you're feeding it a mouse once a week, it's going to get very, very fat very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, I, I've kept them. Uh, they don't float my boat, really. But I know they're super popular with other people. Amidites, as we know, is a significant bite. Um, lots of casualties in in parts of Greece and uh, like Albania, Macedonia, that sort of place. Um, I certainly would not want to get bitten by an Amidites. I know it's probably one of the most commonly kept venomous snakes in Europe and probably uh, for European snakes in the US. But again, a serious bite. Um, yeah. I know people that underestimated them in the States and, you know, didn't go to the hospital, didn't get antivenin, and they regretted every single minute of it. So, yeah. you know, loss um, of loss of limb, luckily not loss of life, but still it was not pleasant. Yeah, I mean, and it is, you know, it's, it's known for fatalities. I mean, it's quite big for a venomous thing. It's quite big. I mean, we're looking 60-odd centimeters. I'm not sure what that is in feet and inches, but it's, it's quite a big, quite a big snake. And now we get on to the bigger boys. So after that, we have got, again, this has just changed recently. I think Mark mentioned it. On, he did. He on did. The, on the last show. I'm eager to get the new book of snakes so that I can figure out what's really what. You know. Yeah. Uh, and check out my fabulous pictures, um, obviously. Uh, so I'm just going to call it now the Blunt Nose Viper. It right. used to be the, so it used to be Milos Viper which was, I think, Vipera Schweizeri. Yes. And now it's been subsumed into the nominate um, blunt-nosed viper, which is Vipera Libertina. Yes. So that's like Cyprus and the Middle East, that sort of area. Um, Milos Island, I, to be fair, I do think they look different, and it's certainly smaller. We're still looking at three and a half feet for a... A viper with a you know quite a big big head great looking snake um different color forms on if we're just talking about i'm not going to talk about the non-european forms so like the cypriot forms and stuff like that i'm just talking about the um the ones on milos so you know they can be ivory white they can be like a mottled lichen color but the classic ones are pinks that they do have a coral pink color to them, which is stunning. Yeah. And you can even get like an orangey brick red color form as well. Um, Very cool. Really, as you know, we've talked about it before, but I was so pleased to actually find those. Ali actually found the first one, but uh, so pleased to find those in the wild. Such a hard snake to find on Milos. If we're just talking about the Milos Viper strictly, it's probably one of the rarest venomous snakes in Europe. Yeah. Um, not so much if you take blunt nose viper as a whole, because it's very, very common on Cyprus, but it looks different on Cyprus. Yeah. On Cyprus, it's bigger, but it's like a slate grey uh, with little gold flecks. Um, an absolutely significant medical bite. Yes. Yeah, we're talking a large viper with a large head, large venom glands, and a very, very potent venom. So... Uh, very, very common in the hobby in Europe. Uh, I don't know about in the US whether many people are keeping... I, I feel like it's almost on. non-existent. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and, and if there are any ones, the ones that I've seen were... I mean, they... I just remember big grey 
pattern snakes, mostly going to be Eastern Turkey. Some people may tout it as being Lebanese, but I doubt that because nothing ever comes out of Lebanon. No. Um, but I would say most of them are going to be Turkish that were captive bred in Western Europe and then shipped here. But very few and far between. Like I said, the, the majority of European vipers that you see in captivity are going to be some kind of Amadites. But I have seen Lebatina floating. Okay, I mean the the the, the Milos ones, which were Schweizerai, right? They, they did a big because um, it's so rare. They did a big breeding program in the Durrell Institute. You know Gerald Durrell, yeah, uh, uh, on on Jersey with the, to my mind, one of the best zoos in terms of what they actually do as a zoo, right? Um, so all the species at that particular zoo are critically endangered and they're doing breeding programs for release and, and so on. Yeah, they um, did the, uh, what was it, Christmas Island boas or something, right? Uh, not Christmas Island, Round Island boas. Round Island, where they took every single specimen out of the wild? Yeah. Yeah, um, incredible. incredible. I was I was really lucky. I, I went to Jersey and um, went to see the, the zoo. It's fabulous, but, you know, went into the reptile section. So they've got things like uh, Felsuma guntheri, which wow. is the rarest Felsuma. Yeah. Um, lots of like you know, some really rare geckos and stuff like that. And they didn't have the round island boa on show. And I was abso absolutely gutted because that's what I went for. I mean, that's right, Jama Jamaican stream frog and some other things, which are really rare. Great to see. And some uh, Gunther's skink, which is really, really rare. Great. But all this stuff is great to see. But I've gone to Jersey specifically, A, to photograph some lizards that you get on Jersey, but also to visit. And I was real stroppy, and I've gone out the back of the, uh, the reptile house, and I'm just standing there. This bloke came out for a cigarette. Uh, and he went, you're right. I went, well, I said, I've come all this way, and I didn't even see a round island boa. He went, oh, put this jacket on. So I put on a like a medical jacket you're coming here mate and really he, just, he took me around the breeding facility he probably could get, lose his job for that but wow. yeah really kind didn't know me from adam and then just took me around to see round island boas that's incredible it was amazing because how many people have seen that snake yeah um, I, I don't even know what it looks like i just know the story <laughs> it's a really really weird looking boa it's um quite reminiscent of, to me quite reminiscent of chilibothros uh, okay. the uh, the west indian boas right. but it's got a really long elongated head if you imagine Very kind of kendoya-ish yeah kind of like that yeah. um almost like somebody's taken a uh, a west indian boa and then put it on um Oh, it's the snake I'm thinking of that's got the really long why the long face the long face oh Eric's favorite python uh, on Pelly oh Pelly thank you yeah <laughs> yeah thanks I was having a brain fart so yeah. it's, it's like someone stuck an own Pellyensis head on a okay. sort of West Indian bow it's got a really elongated head interesting um, yeah it's a cracking looking snake but to actually see one amazing that's awesome super yeah. that's super cool man yeah. Um, how did we get onto that? I don't know. You were talking oh, about the, the, yeah. so they, the they, they They did a, a big breeding program for um, Schweizerai, but they're so popular in Europe as a venomous snake captive for just uh, amateur keepers. They're pence now. They're, they're, really? they're really, really common. You go to most um, snake shows where there's venomous and you'll probably see them 
for sale, then it's it, which is good, I think. You know, it, it's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I think that's how it should be. So again, super dangerous. Uh, quite a lot of fatalities from then. Yeah, and then we get our biggest European viper, uh, and subsequently the most dangerous, uh, the Ottoman viper. Um, beast of a snake. Uh, well over a meter, like 120 centimeters. So you're What's getting the, on... the species name again. Uh, that's Ottoman viper. That's Montevipera xanthina. Thank you very much. That's okay. Um, cracking looking snake. Yeah. Uh, just a diesel animal. A hundred percent. Just a yeah. bulldog of a snake. Um, yes. All the Montevipera's are really cool. I really, I like them all. Um, but this one is, is one of the biggest. Um, in Europe, sort of found top end of Greece, like Thrace, that sort of area, but it's on some of the islands like um, Zamos and places like that. Mm -hmm. um, I had an absolute mission to find one, managed to photograph it in the wild, but there was a lot of climbing up scree slopes, up and down in the hop, trying to find one. But when you find one, it is so worth it. They are beasts, nice. absolute nice. beasts. I'm quite looking forward to going back to the Everest Delta. Um, in April and photographing them again because they are. And they're the only Montevipera north of the Mediterranean, right? Yes. Uh, if you're going to take Europe strictly, 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 they're the only Montevipera we have. Okay. I mean, as soon as you get into um, like Turkey, obviously yeah. you've got Montevipera. Right. And if and if you're going to go, if you're talking about, um, then looking at sort of near middle east yeah there's monkey vipera there yeah but for strictly europe they're the only monkey vipera that we have right right and they're the biggest that's they're the biggest and they're the baddest a very yeah. very dangerous bites um yeah so there we are that is all our majorly venomous snakes in europe love it love yeah. it yeah from from memory so i do apologize i'm sure people like mark or various other people are shouting at the uh at the radio or whatever um yeah it was from memory i do apologize if i've made any errors um but i'm yeah i feel really really blessed to have seen all those in the wild yeah it's incredible man yeah absolutely incredible and it, it gives I, I like that we did this casual it wasn't too crazy in depth because it no, gives no, no. people an idea a starting point if they want to deep dive some european yeah. stuff then rock and roll you know yeah i, I would say i mean I know you have, you know, you're spoiled with species in America because you know you have access to not only all the American stuff, but you've got fairly easy access to the um, Mexican and Central American and even South American stuff by nature of you know of, of your location. Right. But if I would say, you know, I've always kept Europeans vipers or Caucasian vipers. I think they are really, really interesting. The beauty of them is, you know, the, the majority of them don't get very big, but they're really, really fascinating. I mean, they're, you know, they're our equivalent of the rattlesnakes. So they're, you know, when you're keeping them in the terrarium, they're out all the time. They're basking. You can you can see their behaviour really, really, really well. Right. And a lot of them, as I say, are insect feeders. So you know that in itself, it is just fun to watch. Yeah, and so, I tell you, talking to you as truly piqued my interest about a lot of the iberian stuff oh it, mate. Just, it just has man and spain, spain yeah for venomous is fantastic because you've got not only you've got all the different subspecies but you've got four dis distinct species of 
or if you like Portugal, Spain and south of France or France, uh, you've got such distinct species. You've got Latast, you've got Sawanite, you've got Berus, you've got Aspis, all in a little... Just little, a little, little strip, yeah. Yeah, uh, and just the habitat is stunning. You're, you know, you've either, you know, you've got Latast um, Gaditana, which is coastal. You find it on sand dunes by the sea. Yeah. Beautiful, literally. And, and if there's anything that I've learned from my illustrious co-host, if you're going to travel to the southeastern part of Spain and you're going to bring a loved one, you get to party, you get to eat, you get to drink, and you get to herp. And that's what's better yeah. than that. Yeah. As I say, anybody that's thinking of doing a herp trip to either Spain, Portugal, or Greece, I mean, another mecca for venomous stuff, Greece, um, yeah, it's not, it's great to herp, but you've also got the culture, you've also got the history, sure. you've got the food, which is fantastic, you've got the coffee, which is fantastic. The coffee. You've got the coffee, which is fantastic, you've got the beers, which are fantastic, you've got the spirits, which are fantastic. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's a win-win. Well, my better half has officially taught me how to make Greek coffee. And I've gotten, I think I got pretty good at making it. And uh, now I just need to go. I just need to go. We need to find salamanders and vipers and drink coffee. Well, let's say if you're flying out to Castellarizo, you've got to fly to Athens first. You can't get there otherwise. Yeah. Athens has vipers. Yep. 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 Yeah. TJ, you only need a day. That's it. But no, anybody, just get out Europe, you know, you've got the Peloponnese in Greece, which is a great area for snakes. Uh, you've got Portugal, phenomenal for snakes. And you've got Spain, which has got so many different species. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. 2024, get out there. That's start it. Start hoping for some European venomous. Or try and keep some European venomous. Sure. They're small enough. They may not be as cheap enough, but they're small enough and they're hardy yeah. enough. So. Yeah, they're definitely hardy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I forget. <laughs> I Yeah, the price difference is probably insane. Yeah. I mean, I can probably pick up an Amadites for under 50 pounds. Yeah, um, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> At all. Uh, probably so, not. No. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But if anybody, you know, is thinking of keeping them and they just want some advice, please just ping me a message. I'm always happy to talk about keeping European vipers. It's, it was a passion of mine for, you know, decades. So I'm Excellent. happy, always happy Excellent. to chat. Yeah. So there we are. It's good. Good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's good, good run through. I loved it. I'm not, yeah, not too bad for an old person. Um, I remembered some stuff. I'm sure there's a stuff I missed, but yeah, it's all right. Oh, all right. Well, anything else you want to touch base on before we wrap this up? Uh, I don't think so. That was just a, a little taster. If anybody would like uh, uh, Phil and I to do uh, a program on any specific species or yeah. genus, just drop us a message. Anything but dirt snakes, we <laughs> will happily, happily take on board. Yes, um, yes. As I always say, I, we generally do appreciate you listening. Um, any feedback, just ping Phil or I, um, and we'll see you soon. We've got some cracking guests uh, do, lined up. I don't. I don't want to tell anyone. Like I have. Like I know that they're coming, but I, I know. Don't, I don't want to tell anyone because I don't want to ruin it. 
No, okay. We won't tell, but we have them out. We have, yeah, we have we have a good little uh, what's the word? We have a good little program and some different stuff as well. So less less American rattlesnakes. Not that I've got anything against them. I think they're amazing, but some different stuff to uh, to talk about. Yeah, more uniqueness, more academia, more more venom, more venom, more venom. Exactly. And on that note, thank you very much. Good evening. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.